Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Lord is with us. He's on our side. Father, we thank you for the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you tonight for utterance of your word, revelation of your word. And we thank you, Father God, for that that we need to know in this day and hour. We realize that, Lord, that there's many things going on and many visions and plans of man. But, Lord, we desire your plan. We desire your will. And Father, we thank you that we'll walk in your will, we'll walk in your plan, and we'll walk in your way. Lord, I thank you for making my tongue as a pen of a ready writer. Lord, I thank you that you give me utterance from that place. I need your help, Father. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Yes, I think your prayers have been misdirected. We want the Holy Ghost on the inside, not rain, the latter rain inside of us, not out there. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Let's turn back uh, to get the most out of this message. If you'd get the recording from last night, they're available here through the church. And uh, we're just building upon last night. We talked about a revelation Sunday morning. If you wouldn't hear Sunday morning, we'd encourage you to get that also through the church because the Lord gave me a word for this year and that doesn't mean that, that I've got a corner on the market when it comes to getting a word for the year. Uh, but the Lord told me some things that would happen in 2018 and they're happening in our life and our family and our ministry. And I believe anybody can take advantage of it. But that would be Sunday morning. But we started into last night talking about the times and seasons that we live in and what God is saying and what God is doing and the direction I believe that God has for the church. And I believe that in my opinion, you know, and I don't know it all, my humble opinion, I believe the church should be the most intelligent people group on planet earth. I believe that we as a whole, not just one of us, but as a whole, we should know what's going to happen before it happens, what God thinks about it happening what our response should be to it, and then what God is doing in it. I believe that. I believe the church should be the most intelligent people group. God does not want his people blind. He don't want his people walking in darkness. He's our father. He wants us to know what's going on. And that's why we have different ministry gifts that stand in ministry offices in order to reveal the plan of God. And all of those offices collectively put together give us a big picture of what God is doing in this earth. It's not just one ministry office, but it's all five of them that helps to make us complete in God. But I do know that he wants us not to be ignorant of what he's doing in the earth today. But you've got to seek those things. And this is a church that seeks those things And this is a people that desires those things and I believe that's why the Lord gave me permission to share some of these things while I was here. Turn to Acts 26, 19 again because that was kind of our keynote scripture for this and uh, to get started about what God is doing and saying today and about the plan of God for this day and for this hour. But in Acts chapter 
26, Paul said these words. Remember last night, we won't read the whole thing for the sake of time. I need to cover more ground. But Acts 26, uh, verse number 19, uh, Saul is before King Agrippa. You know, Paul, Saul, was before King Agrippa. He's given his testimony and telling the king, Agrippa, what God had told him to do. And down in his latter life, the latter end of his ministry, he had been faithful to do exactly what the Lord said do, turning not to the left nor right. And he said in Acts 26, 19, the keynote verse, he said, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. There is a heavenly vision. There is a plan from God. God does have a purpose in this earth. And if you'll seek that purpose and you'll find out that purpose, you'll walk with the heavenly vision. So there is a plan, there is a vision that God has for us. Turn to Psalms 126. We didn't read this last night. Psalms 126. Psalms 126 has become a keynote scripture in my life and I didn't come up with this on my own. I picked it up from uh, Dr. Kenneth e. Hagen. We called him Dad Hagen's a term of endearment, not disrespect, but high and great respect. But this was a keynote verse in his uh, life in ministry, a part of it. Was it 126 or 127? Psalms 127, verse one here. Psalms 127, this was the keynote verse. There was two keynote verses that I saw in Dad Hagen's life that he always referred to, and that was one, Psalms 127.1 and Romans 8.14. They could become, I'm not saying you got to, but if you'll make those keynote verses in your life, it'll help you tremendously. This is what was said in Psalms 127.1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Notice here, they did get it built, but all their labor was in vain. How would you like to build glorious things and do a lot of good things in the name of the Lord only to discover when you stand before him, it was not his plan, it was not his purpose, and it was not his will. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. You are wasting your time. I'm wasting my time. So what should I do first and foremost? I should stop, drop, and pray. And don't move until I find out God's plan. Said, where'd you get that from? My son was a little to toddler, what do you call that, before the kindergarten, preschool, or whatever it is. He'd go to school for a few hours, you know, he would come in, and one day they had the fire department come. You know, and they was gonna teach all the little kids what to do in case of a fire, in case fire got on them. And so what they come in, and they taught them what to do, so my son couldn't wait. You know, just a little toddler boy there, three years old or somewhere, four, whatever it is they go. He come running in, and he said, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. He said, let me show you what I learned today. He said, if I catch on fire, the fire chief told me what to do. I said, what do you do, son? He took off across the living room and on the carpet there and he stopped, dropped, and rolled. That's what he did. I said, what happened, son? He said, they told me that if fire gets on me, don't run because that will inflame the fire even more. He told me to stop, drop, and roll. So I immediately adapted the phrase, stop, 
drop, and pray. Amen. Hallelujah. We don't put the fire out by praying. We turn the fire up. So first and foremost, if you don't know God's will, don't go anywhere. Thank you for your enthusiasm. There's been a lot of people that wandered in darkness wondering what's wrong because they didn't know God's will because he didn't answer them on their, his time clock or their time clock. God don't always answer us the day we begin to pray, but if we'll keep it before God, God will answer our prayer. It takes faith to hear from God, isn't that right? So God does have a plan, God does have a vision. Romans chapter eight, verse number 14. Romans chapter eight, verse number 14. Keynote verse, in my life, I've adapted it myself. A keynote verse in Dad Hagen's life also. Romans chapter eight, verse 14. What does it say? For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In my opinion, I believe Romans 8, 14, Psalms 127.1 was the keynote verses that governed and directed Dad Hagen's life. He said the only key to success that he knew was to pray, find out what God said to do, and do it. That's the only key to success. And that's what took his ministry from him being raised from the dead. I spoke about that last night at Granny Drake's house. Remember his granny was gonna bury him in the backyard with a shovel because he was born, uh, the old timers used to call it stillborn, you know. And uh, God raised him, I believe, from the dead and was gonna use him to bring a heavenly vision in for the last day end time move of God. I also made a statement last night, I made this statement, uh, that uh, Dr. Kenneth e. Hagin, we called him Dad Hagin's a term of endearment. We wanna make sure that we say this up front, make this disclaimer, we're not worshiping a man. We're giving honor to whom honor is due, but we're looking to the Lord Jesus Christ who sent a vision through a man. And we're following a heavenly vision, just like the apostle Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The problem arose in the church world and the reason we've had so many problems since 2003, even in our nation, is because the church as a whole in this nation got off the path that God had called them to walk down. Many people that were in the circles and of faith and following Brother Hagin and the ministry I'm talking about that came through him, that they equated was this, that when Dan Hagen left this earth, you know, his physical body ceased to function in his life and he left this earth and went to heaven, they thought that the heavenly vision was over, but it wasn't. The heavenly vision has not yet been complete. In July of 2001, for the very first time at camp meeting of 2001, some of us were there. I think you might've been there. You was not there in that camp meeting. Who was there in the 2001 camp meeting? Don't make me take a poll. But anyway, in that 2001 camp meeting, I was there and Dad Hagen got up stumbling and staggering and I could tell he wanted to say something, but he kept beating around the bush. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Beating around the bush and I could tell he wants to zero in something and he's trying to work up the nerve to say it. That's a good country expression, you know? because he wouldn't want to put on airs or, or make names for himself or, or try to lift himself up. But uh, the Lord said to him, 
that now, this is what he said, it's time to tell it. You gotta tell it now. This is July of 2001. So in camp meeting, you can go back and get the old recordings uh, uh, from that camp meeting. You can hear him say it yourself verbatim. You don't have to take my word for it. But he told about the experience he had when he was caught up to the third heaven. He walked into the throne room of God with the Lord Jesus Christ, saw the winged creature, saw God the Father sitting on the throne, not in his fullness, because there was a veil between him and the Father. And Jesus told Dad Hagen, don't look upon him. And then Jesus talked to him about his ministry. At that time, he received, remember, a healing anointing. Jesus placed his finger in his palms of his hands and he had an anointing like it would burn, you know. But anyway, God told him at the same time that he appeared, Jesus told him that he appeared to his mother, remember Miss Lily Hagen, he appeared to her on the, I believe it was August the 17th, let me get this right, it was August the 18th of 1917. August 18th of 1917, Jesus came down out of the sky on a cloud of glory, appeared to his mama because she was going down East Standardford Street in front of Aunt Mary's house, y'all remember that, and she was headed to mama's house because she needed food for her and the baby because her husband had ran off, you know, and I'm not talking disparagingly about her husband, I'm just saying that's what happened. And so she was, for the baby's sake, she had swallowed her pride because her parents had told her it'd be best if you don't marry this young man. He come from a wealthy family, well-to-do family, but he had never been taught character and discipline and taking care of his own. He was all more selfish. And I'm not, again, belittling him. I'm just saying what Dad Hagen said. You know what I mean? And so he left them. And of course, she's pregnant with him. And Jesus appeared to her in front of Aunt Mary's house on East Standardford Street while she's handed down to her, headed down to her mama's house, Granny Drake's house. And uh, Jesus said to her, Fear not, the child shall be born, uh, and thou shalt call his name John. For just as John the Baptist was the forerunner of my first coming, uh, he will be the forerunner of my second coming. And she took off lickety split, running down, y'all know what lickety split is. We're in Florida, y'all know what lickety split. I saw some of y'all lickety split probably across the parking lot. Is it lickety, not as splittity as it used to be? <laughs> Is that a good way to say it? It's country words. You understand that good country talk. I mean, some of us, you know, we, we stand in one place long enough while we're running. You know, we don't, we don't get as much distance on each step, but we're still a running. Is that what my daddy-in-law used to say about some of them boys? We'd go out to see Randall playing, you know, little ball, t-ball, and all the balls, you know, coming up, and then baseball. And my daddy-in-law, he was a preacher. He'd stand there, he'd say, he said, look at that fellow running there. He said, he stands a lot in one place. <laughs> and he's still running wide open. <laughs> he stands a lot in one place. The words, he ain't moving very fast. Of course, that little fella had a whole lot to move. He liked granny's biscuits and gravy and black-eyed peas and pork chops and ham hock. I'm telling you, that boy liked it. <laughs> it's okay to like granny's cooking. I'm telling you the truth about it. Granny loves it when you eat it like that. Woo! These other folks may judge you for it, but Granny won't. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> How'd y'all get me over there anyway? I'm trying to get you over here and get you serious. I don't want you to pass out on me because it may be seem heavy for me to say some of these things, but it needs to be said as, as your pastor has already said. So it, that was August the 18th. She was running down through there and Jesus appeared to her. She ran into her, granny's, uh, her mama's house, Granny Drake's, told her what had happened 
And she said, now, don't tell anybody. Granny Drake, her mama said, don't tell anybody, Lily. Said, they'll think you crazy. They'll think you're out of your mind because people didn't have experiences back in those days like that. If they did, you didn't hear about them much, you know. And uh, so anyway, nobody knew anything about it. Dad Hagen didn't know anything and they didn't tell any neighbors, any friends, any family, any relatives until Dad Hagen was 33 years old, September the 2nd, 1950. He was caught up to heaven, to the third heaven, just like Paul was, and Jesus talked to him and told him that his name should have been named John, but he said, now, even though your mama didn't name you John, the work in the ministry will go forth. But he would be the forerunner of the second coming of Jesus, just like John the Baptist was the forerunner of the first coming of Jesus. Now the difference, and I said this last night, but I'm trying to gain a little ground here for those that might not have been here with us. The ministry of John the Baptist was different, him being the forerunner of the first coming of Jesus, than the forerunner, Dad Hagen, of the second coming of Jesus. John the Baptist embodied the forerunner of the second coming of Jesus, a first coming of Jesus, in and by himself. But what Dad Hagen did, he, a vision came through him that would start a movement that would usher in the second coming of Jesus. So it was not just one man being the forerunner, but it was a movement that would start through Reverend Kenneth e. Hagen, Dad Hagen as we called him, that would start and usher in Jesus. So you and I are in that movement and Jesus is coming sooner than you think. The world better get ready. Now, I'll tell you another thing about that. Can I throw you a little side note in there? We always want to get the world ready, but you know that 90% of the church is probably not ready to meet the Lord today. I ain't talking about lost and going to hell, but I'm talking about standing before him doing what they're supposed to do. I'm glad you're enthused about it. Now, let's examine what Dad Hagen received when he was 33 years old about being the forerunner of the second coming of Jesus. If you back up on years earlier, there was a man named John Alexander Dowie. Do you remember him? Did you meet him, Pastor Ed? <laughs> remember he was before the flood, you know? <laughs> I'm joking, I'm just cutting up with him. I just wonder if he met him or not. Could tell us some stories. I know Pastor Angela didn't do it. She's too pretty, you know what I mean? But, but the rest of them, you know, he might have, but... Uh, John Alexander Dowie got a revelation. And I don't believe he missed it with this revelation. Now we do know that he had some problems in his latter years. He, he got off. But when you get to heaven, I believe you're going to see him there. You know what I mean? But he began to believe that there would be a forerunner of the second coming of Jesus, just like there was a forerunner of the first coming of Jesus. The problem arose when John Alexander Dowie took that mantle unto himself without it being given to him from God. It caused him to get into error. It caused him to get into false doctrine. In fact, he went as far as to put on the priest robes and the ephod that they wore in the Old Testament. In fact, there's pictures of him that Pastor Edwin took and showed me. It's in the books, you know what I mean? I'm joking. But anyway, it's in the books. And him wearing the, the hat and everything, you know. And the robe, I don't believe he missed it when he done that. Uh, when he saw, not doing that, but when he saw that there would be a forerunner of the second of Jesus, but he missed it when he took the mantle to himself. You can only take a mantle when God gives it to you. 
You can't just go up and, and say, I'm going to stand in this office or stand in this place. You've got to be anointed to do so and it's got to be given by God. Well, there was another one also that had this same revelation. And uh, his name was William Brannan. Now, I didn't meet him or anything. I'd have been a little boy, you know, about the time he passed away. But uh, William Brannan also began to perceive that there would be a forerunner of the second coming of Jesus, just like there was a forerunner of the first coming of Jesus. The problem arose when the one that stood at the forefront of the prophet's ministry, Mr. William Brannan, he took that mantle and calling unto himself without it being delegated to him from heaven and it caused him to get into error and he died prematurely. John Alexander Dowie died prematurely. Dad Hagen lived his life out. He always declared, I learned something by watching his life and we can all learn something. In his latter years, he began to see some things about longevity in the Bible. You remember, you was in some of those meetings. I know they were, because I was seeing them all the time. You know, being in Dad Higgins' meetings. You begin, he began to get some pictures about longevity beyond what he had first believed. But when I went to Bible school and sat at his feet at Rhema years ago, he always used to say this. He said, I'm gonna live to be at least as old as Smith Wigglesworth was. I'm gonna live to be his age because that was his mentor even through books, you know. We call it mentors and stuff today. But that was who his, uh, he followed a lot, Brother Wigglesworth. So he said, I'm gonna live to be there. And I used to hear him say it over and over periodically when I was going to school. And this has been in the 80s, you know, the, the mid 80s. And I heard him say it. But in his latter life, he started changing that. He started talking about he could see some more light on longevity and realized he could live longer. But do you know, he went to heaven in 2003 right after his 86th birthday. He had completed that birthday and some of us were at birthday parties. You know, I know some of you, you was at plenty of them over the years. His birthday party and I was at there and he was 86 years old. He had just turned 86 just a little while before and then he was sitting at his home there having breakfast one morning and suddenly he fell over in the chair and he went to heaven. So I complained to the Lord about it. <laughs> Why? Because I knew he was a man of faith. Didn't mean he was perfect. You know, and I'm not talking disparagingly and probably if he could come back, he would probably do some things different. If me and you could go back a week, we would do some things different. Maybe if we go back an hour, we'd do some things different because you know better as you go on. So I said to the Lord, I said, now Lord, I said, I heard him say that he was gonna live to be at least 87 like Smith Wigglesworth. He said he did. I said, no, he didn't. No, 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 no. I know better than God, you know but I really didn't do it that way, but you know how kids are do. I'm thinking I got one up on God now. He said, son, when he turned 86, that meant he completed 86 years and that was behind him. The moment after his birth, that day, that moment, the very next moment he started his 87th year. So ladies, you're older than you think you are. <laughs> 
I got it from heaven. He was in his 87th year. You couldn't disagree with it. And I had never seen it that way. He got what he said. He just never completed it. What he told us in his latter years, if you hear that I'm gone, you know I got satisfied. But that's not the only reason I said that. I said that to say this also. In his latter years, he started trying to put on brakes and started trying to change at 87 because I heard him make some confessions and statements out of the pulpit about it. Not in a negative way, but seeing about longevity, how you could live longer. But I believe this. You want my opinion. <laughs> I'm just telling you my opinion. I believe, based on what he taught me and the word teaches us, that Dad Hagen set spiritual laws in motion long ago that could not be changed in his latter life. Watch what you believe and watch what you say. Watch what you believe and watch what you say. Because he went to heaven exactly in his 87th year just like he said he would. I heard him say it. But again, he tried to slow it down. He tried to change it. But you've heard, if you've been in Dad Hagen's meetings, you've heard him talk about that, haven't you? Said so He's talked about one man, how he had set spiritual laws in motion long ago that could not be changed at this time. But remember, he was laying hands on somebody. And the Lord said, don't pray for him because he's going to die. And then the Lord told him why, because it's that spiritual laws in motion that could not be changed at this time. And I believe that Hagen done the same thing. So he saw that. And so when we see and we, we realize that, that Mr. Dowie and Mr. Brannon, you know, had uh, uh, picked up and perceived that they'd be a forerunner of the second coming of Christ, just like there was the first, I believe that that was a word from God. But the problem arises when you try to take something that you see that does not belong to thee. You know what I mean? You may know God wants to do something and go in a certain way, but that may not mean he wants you to do it. You may just be picking it up in the spirit and the Lord wants you to pray it out so that those that are called to do it will get up and do it. But sometimes we think it's God because we don't say in the spirit long enough to perceive, well, it's not me. He just wants me to pray about it to get this to come to pass in the body of Christ or in the earth or somebody to do something. You know what I mean? And so I believe that would be a good thing for us to do. Isn't that right? So Dad Hagen was born on August the 20th of 1917. You remember that, right? You remember You remember that? 1917, August the 20th. Well, last year was what? What was the year number? 2017, from 1917 to 2017 is how many years? How many? Well, this year would be the 101st year. Now, I could say some things about that, but I'll just keep my mouth shut. But there were some things that Brother Parham saw and Brother William Seymour saw, Brother Seymour saw. You remember him, Brother Seymour? Back at the Azusa Street Revival, they said in about 100 years, remember that? There'll be a revival that will far surpass this revival with greater signs and notable miracles than, than ever occurred at Azusa Street. I believe they were seeing 100 years later. And they were seeing the movement uh, that would start, that would usher in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There must be, for Jesus to come, I believe that there must be uh, several stages that happened in order for him to come back to this earth. Now, he can do what he wants to, but I believe I speak by the Holy Ghost, you judge it. 
In order for Jesus to return, first and foremost, there must be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost like the world has never seen or known. But most, the majority of the church world does not believe that. And if you don't believe it, you're not gonna seek it and you're not gonna pray for it and you're not gonna ask for it. You're gonna think this is all we have. No, this is not all we have. I remember, and I know they were sitting there too, right down over here in uh, Brother Stan Moore's church, North Miami Beach. He called me out in that service and I remember that. He prophesied, he took off his coat and began to come down and he was gonna pray for people where we'd have more freedom to move his arms. And he said, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. A mighty deluge of God's spirit, a mighty deluge of God's anointing, a mighty deluge of God's power like the world has never seen or known. He come walking down the steps, you know, it's pretty high steps down there. He come walking down them steps over on this side. I think Rich King or somebody took his coat from him and he come walking down and then he turned and he went down one of those aisles and I was sitting on the end of one of those aisles. And you always want Brother Hagin to say something to you until he starts towards you. You know how that goes. And I didn't know he was coming to me. I thought he was gonna go walk in the back and he's still prophesying. Well, he got up right there by me and I thought he's gonna walk past me and he took his left hand with that big ring on it and he popped me, boom. He said, stand out here, Brother Randy, stand out here. And then he began to speak and he began to prophesy and declare things that would take place and come to pass and we'll just leave that on the shelf, it's up to God, but he did it. But the reason I told that story is to tell all my pastor friend, Pastor Danny Wallace, he's in heaven now. But Pastor Danny Wallace was sitting beside me and it seemed like that every time Pastor Danny Wallace and I went to one of Brother Hagin's meetings, which was not real often that he got to go with me, but that he went with me, that Brother Hagin would somehow minister to me and he'd be sitting right beside me and he wouldn't say nothing to him. <laughs> so after the service that night down at Pastor Stan Moore's, I guess he'd got fed up with it. And he said this, my friend, Pastor Danny Wallace. He said, do you know why every time I'm with you, Dad Hagin ministers to you and don't say a word to me? I said, no, Pastor Danny, I don't know why. He said, cause I'm not as goofed up as you are. <laughs> I said, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The reason you may be getting so many doggone prophecies is cause you goofed up and the Lord's trying to get you on the right road. If you ain't getting prophecies, thank God for it, amen. Brother Hagin said prophecies many times keeps you steady in the storm. Isn't that right? So he prophesied about this last day end time move of God. But you know, not just him prophesying, I believe if we took the time and, and many ministers of the gospel or ministers of the gospel that here that wanted to take the time and go back to the book of Joel, tie it into the book of Acts, I believe you could prove scripturally there is to be an outpouring like the world has never seen or known. Because Joel chapter two is not totally complete yet. It's partially complete but it's not totally complete. And Peter said, how do we know it was what the prophet Joel said? Because Peter said it was. He said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. But if you'll read all of that in chapter two, there's more to come. And I believe that you and I have a part to play in it in this day and this time and in this hour. 
And so you're saying then, well, if this move of God is here, where's the move of God at? I thought you might ask that. The move of God is right here among us. It's right here upon us, but it takes those who desire it in order to bring it into this earth. Do you know that most major true moves of God have had to bypass some most of the church world because the church would not let God in, would not let the Holy Ghost in. This wouldn't be a church like that. Thank you for getting excited. So, Dad Hagen, back there as a 33-year-old preacher, found out that he was called and his name was to be John. He rehearsed that and recited that on uh, July of 2001. And he said to the audience at camp meeting, the story that I told last night about how that the Lord appeared to his mama before he was born and that how that his name was to be John and how he would be the forerunner, the movement through him would be the forerunner of the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said that in 2001, periodically through that time, from then on up to 2002 and up to 2003. Now, what some people don't realize is this about the position that Dad Hagen stood in. Dad Hagen was a prophet. He stood at the forefront of the prophet's ministry. But more so than that, he was an apostle or sent one to this entire generation. He said, Brother Randy, everybody didn't receive him. It's not God's fault. Jesus was sent to his own chosen people. Remember, we read scriptures here how Jesus looked at Jerusalem and wept over it. Why? Because they missed the time of their visitation. Isn't that right? So you can be sent to somebody and them not receive you. I remember one time that the Spirit of God spoke to me and he gave me a vision. And he said, I want you to go to London, England and prophesy to that nation and stand in this particular spot that I had never been in my life, didn't know the roads, didn't know anything, I didn't even know the queen, you know, nothing. I mean, I knew of her, but I didn't know her. And I told my wife, we're going to England because we had never been across a big pond. But the Lord was sending me. He said, you go prophesy over that nation and you tell them they've got the door open to the devil and the devil's gonna come in and bring much destruction in the years to come unless they repent and turn back to me. Now, it's not God bringing destruction, it's the devil because when you get in disobedience, it lets the devil in. So I went, God opened the door supernaturally. We went over there and I preached around in, in several little cities and I was preaching and spitting and jumping, casting out devils, a lot of devils in England. I said, there's a lot of devils in England. It used to be a bright, glorious place in the spirit, but now it's dim, it's becoming dark. It's gonna be hard for the modern day church in England to turn that nation around because the culture of the ungodly society has been embraced in the church. But all things are possible with God. So there is hope. So I went and I preached at them and they looked at me like a cow at a new gate, Brother Hagin would say. And I preached like a house of fire. In fact, I went and stood at that spot in London and I prayed. It was by a train station. I said, this is where God showed me. I stood there with my son and with a, another minister 
and, and my wife. And we prayed. And I said, God, you sent me here. I said, I've told the people what you told me to tell them. And I said, Lord, I got disappointed while I was praying. I said, Lord, you told me to come prophesy to England. I said, only about 250 showed up. 300 at the most. He said, what's that to you, son? He said, you do what I tell you do. He said, you're a witness to this nation on judgment day. I said, what? He said, you're a witness. I said, Lord, everybody didn't hear me. He said, it's not your fault. He said, I sent you there. I said, okay. So you've got to recognize who God sends and who God anoints, who God appoints. Jesus was sent to his own people and they received him not. Isn't that right? So understanding the heavenly vision, we must understand that a movement has started. But where is this move of God? The move of God has been hindered because of the church that knows what to do has mostly been disobedient. Not everybody, but mostly been disobedient because they have not done what God said do. Many of them were so glad when Dan Hagen left, they couldn't wait to get out from under his teachings. And I'm just saying that kind as I can. I'm telling you the truth. Many of them were glad to see that he was gone. And they considered him to be a washed up, old fogey, senile individual that didn't know anything. And so many of them had already put him aside when he left. So what has hindered the move of God is that God is in the process right now of bringing a change of order in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's gonna be a change of order in this sense. God is gonna remove people that will not reverence, respect, and obey, and do what he says, and replace those people with people that will respect, honor, and do what God says. It's gonna take a change of order. It's gonna be a change of divine order, not man. It's not something I'm gonna do, it's something God's gonna do, and he's already started it in some circles. But it will continue, because man can hinder the plan of God. And you said, where is it at in the Bible? I thought you would ask me that. You've known this story since you was knee high to a grasshopper jumping ditches with soda crackers. It's about the children of Israel come up out of the land of Egypt, didn't he? And they sent the 12 spies into the land, the promised land. They came back. God had told them, you go possess that land. Isn't that right? And uh, when they come back, 10 of them gave, the Bible says, an evil report. In other words, it's just what God said do, but there's giants over there. We're not able to go and possess the land. Remember Joshua and Caleb, the only two of the 12, stood up and said, we're well able, let's go and possess the land. But even though Joshua and Caleb have faith, they were outnumbered by the multitudes that were in disobedience. It didn't stop the plan of God, but it hindered the plan of God. So God took everybody, he decreed everybody 20 years old at this point and older will die. Isn't that right? Because you wouldn't disobey me. Why? He had to clear the doubt and unbelief out of the camp. I said he had to get it out of the way. And then 40 years later, Joshua and Caleb entered the promised land. Didn't they? But what happened? The other people's doubt and unbelief disobedience to God, hindered the move of God, but did not stop it. 
And ladies and gentlemen, there's one thing that we got on our side. I believe that the time clock for man has run down and running down quickly. God lives in eternity, but he deals with us in time if they have taught me right. Pastor Edwin taught me correctly and Pastor Angela taught me correctly and I believe they did. There's supposed to be 6,000 years of human history on this earth. At the end of that 6,000 years is when Jesus Christ is supposed to have the 7,000 year be a millennial reign of Christ on this earth. And so just because of time, God, I don't believe, is able to wait 40 years. You know what I mean? For that generation to die off. So there's other things that's going to happen to accelerate the plan of God. Things are going to happen. People's going to be moved out of position and this thing's going to be so swift it's going to shock people when it takes place. But it's going to be God and he's going to be glorified. And you're going to find people that were in disobedience, they're going to fall on their face and they're going to seek a place of repentance. Some of them is going to find it, but some of them will not. Can I talk to you about that a minute? Now, if you was involved in this, we're not going to call fire down on you. But you remember, of course, it's still flakes here and there. The gold dust phenomenon, jewels appeared and all this kind of stuff. Do you know that was totally of the devil? Don't make me, I said it was totally of the devil. How do you know? Because Jesus Christ told me and I'll prove it out. Dad Higgins even stood on my side because they tried to crucify me for standing up. I was in a church praying north of Atlanta. Suddenly I'm caught up in the spirit and I seen a dark cloud coming over the east coast of the United States of America. That's where that mess started because I had to go back and research it. When I saw that dark cloud, I saw it was trying to go across the United States and influence the body of Christ. And the Lord said, the ones that stand at the forefront of what is known in the church as a gold dust phenomenon will be removed from the scene. For I have given them space to repent and they have failed to do so, so I will remove them. That's what God said. And that came out of my mouth. It was recorded, that was on a Friday morning. The very next Friday morning, I got a phone call from Pastor Steve Millinder, West Decatur, Pennsylvania, and he said, guess who just died? It was the one that introduced the gold dust phenomenon to the United States of America. And then later on, the other one that was following closely, heading it up, died also. Thank you for getting excited. I said, Brother Edwin, you sure you invited the right preacher in the church? <laughs> I'm telling you. And I wasn't glad it happened. I petitioned the Lord about it. But when the Lord decrees something, it's going to happen. And so there are people that are hindering the plan of God and the plan of God will be accelerated by God himself. He can't wait 40 years for a generation to die. We don't have that much time because God deals with man in time. If we have this thing right, the 6,000 years of human history and there's things that must happen, must transpire. But I believe it's gonna happen. There's gonna be a change of divine order in the church and you're gonna see things snap and pop and break and you're gonna see people coming in that's hungry for God just like you. And you're gonna see the glory cloud. In fact, remember, I saw the glory cloud in this church when we was in an extended meeting here. One night, that glory came in here and settled down and I remember we went down that hall right there. Isn't that right where we went down? And we got down that hall and it was in that hall, but when we started to turn in towards Pastor Edwin's office, the cloud quit. <laughs> God 
God said, I ain't going in there. I tell you that now. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know why I was that way. I'm not joking about the cloud, but I'm joking about the cloud not going. I don't know why, but it was down that hall. It was all in this auditorium. And I don't always see spooky things, and I'm not looking for ghosts and goblins or nothing. And, and God don't always open my eyes to see things, but sometimes he does. And I'll tell you, lately I've been seeing more, having supernatural experiences. In fact, the book of Acts, I believe this, we're gonna start having this. Those that are hungry are gonna have the book of Acts multiplied times 10 to begin with. It's gonna have it take place in their services and happen and come to pass. Thank God for that. What time is it? I don't want you to kill me tonight. Drag me out. I know we got kids that kind of go to school and all that. I try to think of all that. I used to didn't, but I do now. You know what I mean? Got a little wisdom. Been around Pastor Edwin a lot, you know. So he's helped me. I tried to help him, you know. <laughs> I'm joking. You got to laugh every now and then because what I'm sharing sometimes is kind of heavy. And that's why I try to mix it up a little bit with peanut butter and jelly and stuff. You know what I mean? Because you get talking about people are dying and all kinds of stuff like that. You get to thinking, my God, let me move away from him. Oh, move away from Oh, God, they now, oh, my Lord. What's going on, you know? So you got to laugh a little bit. God's not mad at us. But he's still not going to let people hinder the plan of God. So the move of God, how do we get into the flow? We listen to the revelation that God has given. And this is a good way to explain it. When, when Dad Hagen went to be with Jesus, we, we went to his funeral, remember? And, and I got there a couple, because I was in Missouri preaching, so I was able to get there pretty quick. I had to close out a meeting there. And I went down. And that was gonna, what they call, lie his body in state. Remember in the, it's now Rooker Memorial Auditorium. Well, I got there when they first brought him in, so there's nobody there. I walked in the door, you know, and, and I could see the casket. Oh, man, I'm, I can't believe it, you know. He's gone. That's all I've known. Not worshiping the man, but he'd been a big help to me, you know. And so somebody called my name. I said, later. And I happened to turn around. It was Pastor Hagen. <laughs> and I said, I'll be right back. So I went up there, you know, and, and he didn't say anything to me. Dad Hagen didn't, you know. Pastor Edward said, that's a good thing, brother. He didn't say anything, you know. I was just looking at him. I didn't stand there. I know he wasn't there, you know. But uh, the talk had already started because on a Sunday, you know, it's when he went home to be with the Lord. So I was closing out a meeting on a Sunday night. It was a weekend meeting. It was Friday through Sunday. I was closing out that meeting. Well, the first thing that talked to some ministers that had come in to be at the meeting in Missouri with us is, is who's going to be the next Kenneth e. Hagin? Who is the anointed of Kennedy Hagin? Who are we going to look to now? And they was making a comparison of Elijah, you know, when he was caught up in the whirlwind and rode the chariot into heaven, remember? And Elijah, that was one that walked with him. And remember when Elijah was caught up, he dropped his mantle, which represented the anointing, and Elijah went over and picked it up, walked to the Jordan River and smote it. When you get smoted, you're smoted. He smoked the Jordan River with it and the river parted and the sons of the prophet up on the hill saw what happened and they said, the anointing of Elijah has come upon Elijah. So the analogy was, and everybody was asking who it was gonna be and of course I had the same thing. 
Who's it going to be? Some said it'd be this one. Some said it'd be that one. Some said it'd be this one. But every time I would hear something, it just didn't fit. I mean, it didn't fit right, you know? And I'd think, well, that, that's not it. That's not it. That's not the one. I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm sitting in his funeral, you know, that they had there, the nice funeral services and, and Rhema Bible Church Auditorium. And, and I really claim the scripture that he that endureth to the end shall be saved. You would have mean? <laughs> It was probably the longest one I've ever been in in my life. And I'm not disrespecting anybody. I know they were just trying to honor him and everything like that. Uh, but uh, anyway, it, it went on pretty long. So I had time to get in the spirit, out of the spirit, wiggle the backside. You know what I mean? Because the heart can't receive no more than the seat can endure. And I understand that. When I see you wiggling and carrying on, I know what's happening. You know what I mean? You're trying to adjust some things, you know to get the blood flowing in another way or something. So I'm sitting there, so I had time just to pray about it. I said, Lord, and that's when he talked to me about Dad Hagen living to be 87. I, I got all that in the funeral. And I said, Lord, you know, the talk is, you know, the, the anointing of Kenneth Hagen is gonna come on somebody else, just like Elijah received Elijah's anointing. I said, Lord, who is going to be the next Kenneth E. Hagen? that we can look to before your return, before the rapture of the church. Just as quickly as I asked him, he said this to me. He said, oh, he said, my word will answer that for you. I said, it will? He said, yes. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34. The Lord spoke this to me sitting at his funeral when I was asking him, who is the next, the one that's going to come on the anointing is going to be and be like Kenneth e. Hagin. His Lord said, my word will answer that. He said, you'll find your answer in Deuteronomy 34. And I didn't even know I had not read this scripture. 34, Deuteronomy 34, verse 10. And says, and it says here, and there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He said, that'll answer your question. He said, there's not going to be another one like Kenneth e. Hagin. And I said, why, Lord? He said, because it's not necessary. He said, the revelation has been given for this generation through Kenneth e. Hagin. Just like it was given to Moses' generation through Moses. Moses gave the revelation for the children of Israel. He, they uh, credit him to the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. And he said, he received the revelation and he said, it's time for my people to accept the revelation that Kenneth e. Hagin was given to him and shared with the church. And he said, walk it out. He said, there'll not be another one. He said, Kenneth Hagin was the Moses to this generation. Moses, notice this in this verse right here. Let me point this out to you so you can get it. Deuteronomy 34, 10. There rose not a prophet in sense in Israel like unto Moses, whom the what? The Lord knew how? Face to face. He talked to God. He met with God. Moses did. Jesus Christ appeared to Kenneth e. Hagin more than any other human being that I know or have ever heard of. At times, he talked to him, uh, one time, for two hours and 53 minutes. Many times, over an hour. 
but he talked to him face to face. That don't mean that people now won't see the Lord. That don't mean people couldn't have visions or, and be caught up. It doesn't mean that. But what it means, there's not gonna be another one. He said to me, like Kenneth Hagin, why? Because the revelation has been given. It's time for the church to arise and take the revelation and walk it out and then we will come into that glory. Now, let me read one more, a few scriptures. Is that all right? We're close. Is that all right? I know this is kind of heavy. And I know it ain't shouting stuff, but it's good stuff. Turn to the book of Joshua, which would be right after this, chapter one. Just to prove this out further about Moses received the revelation for the church of his day, so to speak. You understand if you'll permit me to bring that New Testament terminology. Dad Hagen received the revelation for the church for our day. We're not to worship Moses. The children of Israel were not to worship Moses and we're not to worship Kenneth Hagin. But we do thank God in reverence and respect what he received from God for us and follow in his footsteps. But this is how clear God made it. Joshua chapter one, verse one. It says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, this is God speaking, you understand. Verse two says, God said, this is God speaking, Moses, my servant, is dead. In other words, he's passed on. He's gone on. Doesn't Joshua know that? Yes. But God is trying to get him to see that's the end of that phase of ministry. And now we got to walk on in the ministry that Moses talked about and wrote about that has not yet been fulfilled yet. You're sitting here, you're mourning over what happened to Moses and there's nothing wrong with paying respect. But now it's time to arise and finish and fulfill the revelation that Moses received from me face to face. Can you see that in that scripture? And he said, verse two, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, which means get up, do something. Take this revelation, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Why should he do that? To fulfill the vision. The vision has not yet been fulfilled. Moses is supposed to take them over there. Isn't that right? But he couldn't get them to believe. But he had the revelation of it. You understand that? Dad Hagen had the revelation. He told us what to do. Thank God we're going on. Verse three, he said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. He said, from the wilderness and, and this Lebanon, even into the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down the sun shall be your coast. Verse five says, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He's talking to Joshua, but all those it was applicable to in that generation. Just like God was with Dad Hagen, he's with us. Look here, specific instruction from heaven to this generation. Verse six says, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Verse seven says, only be thou strong and very courageous 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which who? Moses, my servant, commanded thee. He didn't say, come up with your own vision. He didn't say, look for a new way to be relevant. He said, you follow what Moses said. Follow his commandments. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Isn't that what he said? Verse eight said, this book of the law, talking about the revelation Moses received, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have what? Good success. But notice here, they were given specific instructions in this generation to do what? To obey what Moses revelation that came from Moses, not to come up with a new plan. The first thing that happened when Dad Hagen moved to heaven, the first thing that happened in a lot of places and those that followed him said this, we're not going that way anymore. One preacher that I know personally, uh, and uh, I know this to be personal because I talked to the people on both sides of it. As soon as Dad Hagen moved to heaven, he took all the recordings of Dad Hagen, all the books and, and tapes and CDs that he had that he had bought from Kenneth Hagen Ministries or had been given through him because he went to most all his ministers, ministry, uh, ministry meetings and he returned them back and said, I'm not going this way anymore. He said, this era is over. This time is over. No, it's not over. It's time for us, the children of Israel, the church, the New Testament church to arise and go into this glorious promised land that God has called us to. It's a land of milk and honey. I'm telling you, it's a land where the spirit of God will flow out of the banks. It's Acts chapter two multiplied times 100 and it belongs to us. But if you don't believe it belongs to you, you won't seek it. But we're for it, isn't that right? And I want it and I know you do too. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we present this to you. And Father, I thank you that you take this word and you establish this word, Lord, in and through the people. Lord, may they study it. May they receive it. Lord, I know it's not my revelation. It's your revelation. So that means that every person can have the revelation. And we thank you, Lord, that it's granted and given to them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.